0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 495
1: on Tuesday, the 11th of October, 2022. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where we haven't tried to solve any geopolitical issues, we'll be investigating the rewards for plugging in. We see that one company is playing pretend to see how much cash it might make. And we try to work out what on earth is going on at Hyundai WRC. But first, we have a just a quick Dollop of follow up. And last week, when we were talking about Aston Martin and Geely and why Stroll doesn't seem to like Geely, why? <laughs> why? We got slightly confused by saying what Stroll made his money from.
0: I got slightly confused. It was my mistake. I got um, Lance Stroll and Gene Haas mixed up. Haas is precision engineering, which is what I was talking about. And Lance Stroll is, I actually didn't have a clue. Uh, it's fashion and stuff like that.
1: He's made money off selling shares. So not in Aspen Martin. My apologies for that one. That's, a,
0: yes, my bad.
1: And thank you, David Edmondson, for pointing that out. We do mm-hmm. appreciate it. You did it in a very nice way. Yes. And, and Has is not short for
0: what they say it's short for on, uh, on this week's Sniff and Smith.
1: Right. As it's the start of the month, Alan, that must only mean... I only mean One thing
0: and that means that it yes September 2022 new car registration figures for the UK there was a big boost because there was a it was a new new plate month uh, i couldn't actually tell you what plate it is no idea no no 60 something i think 225,269 units uh, registered that's up 4.6% on last September which was the worst of all time ever <laughs> So it's still 34.4% behind 2019. Plug-in registrations were very high. A bumper month, as it says here in the press release. So that means that there were 249,575 joined the roads in 2022 alone. And it's crossed the millionth plug-in electric car are being registered. Now, that's plug-in electric car according to the SMMT, so I don't know if that's BEVs and FEVs combined.
1: I think it might be, because they've got them together on mm. the on their chart, on their um, on their diagram. Mm-hmm. But we can,
0: of course, look at Tristan Young, obviously collate the numbers, the, the appropriate numbers together by fuel you shove in your car. So for 20, September 2022, 69% market share is petrol, 14.5% for battery electric vehicles, 10% for diesel, and 6% for plug-in hybrid electric
1: vehicles. Actually, interestingly, on the uh, FEVs, that is down slightly from last year. Last year, it was 6.61%, and it's 6.12%. Mm. Tristan
0: by the way is editorial director of Water Retail Network and a contributing editor to fleetandleasing.com there is our monthly plug as our way of saying thanks thank you Tristan <laughs> what else should we do the top 10 very quickly yep uh, not quickly enough i'm sure uh, i mean the numbers here are significantly higher than the last one the last one was was just an absolute maya i think it's a is, is a way little is a safe way to put it Number 10 was the Volkswagen Turok with 3,512 registered, uh, 9 the Hyundai Tucson, 8 the Kia Nero, and those are all quite close together. Bit of a step up to the Ford Cougar at number 7, and then the Ford Fiesta only slightly ahead at number 6.
1: First time that's been in the top 10 for yonks,
0: because um, the yes. Humor
1: and the Cougar have obviously got the priorities. Yes, I think the Fiesta's also been facelifted.
0: We should know this. Fiesta's also been facelifted. Or is that my imagination? Hmm. Maybe I was just thinking about it. Uh, Number five is the Kia Sportage, 5,107 units. Number four, the Puma. Uh, Number three, uh, 4,676, the Volkswagen Polo. Number two, the ship has come in. It's the Tesla Model Y, eight thousand three hundred and fifteen. Why would you want to drive something that looks like a fat dolphin? And number one is the Nissan Cash Guy, nine thousand three hundred eleven. I make fun of the Model Y. The Model Y it seems to be selling incredibly well, so I really should stop doing that. Nine thousand three hundred eleven for the Cash Guy. Mm. Bad at all. Uh, spreadsheet of Doom this month. Was kind of Doomy.
1: Yes. I'll go with the dooms initially. I've tried to pare it down to the minimum number of dooms, although there are more around outside our criteria that we have been forced into, otherwise we we're almost naming every single row. So our bath is down nearly 68%. Fiat is down nearly 48%. Honda is down 30%. Jeep down 69%. Lexus is down 48%. Maserati down 21%. Then we get all the way down to Renault, and they have dropped 16%. Seat has dropped 71%. Sanyong is down 31%. Subaru (laughs) is down – I cannot believe how many they registered last year. They registered 622 last September in 2021. Uh, They're down 63%. Uh, Suzuki is down 33%. Now it is for Alan to cheer us all up with the positives. Volkswagen up fifteen percent, Tesla up forty-four, well forty-five
0: percent, Porsche up one hundred and nineteen, Polestar two hundred and seven, Nissan. We can see by the performance of the cash guy this month up forty-nine, Mini up twenty-eight, MG up sixty-one. Mm. slow amount of growth for mg <laughs>
1: disappointingly slow as the yes. stock market would say
0: disappointing really <laughs> genesis up 451.85 uh yes well we only registered 27 last year 149 this ford up 92 percent. now that's a really significant one obviously because ford you know ford traditionally has has like seven or eight percent market share uh, on its own it's the highest market share? Yes, just. Highest market share to date this year, unless I have missed a row, uh, Volkswagen coming in second. And they're up 92%, so the are 20,735 20, units, quite significantly ahead of anyone else mm. this month. Uh, and last but not least, Cooper up 105%, with 2,722 units.
1: Yep. Oh, just one quick thing though. The year to date, hmm. Corsa is still number one. Yes, but the Nissan Cash Cow is closing in dramatically. <laughs> closing in by a matter of eight units. By eight the way. units behind now, uh, but they're fifteen hundred units ahead of everybody else. Um, and then it drops down after that quite a lot.
0: The Cash Cow is such a dark horse because it's such a, it's just a vehicle that you just do not notice on the road. No, you just don't notice it. Mm-hmm you'll ever hear it's sold at the minute i think it's about to stop being sold as the rogue sport but it is sold as the rogue sport in here in the us oh, okay as i say at the minute i i think i saw another announcement saying they're stopping selling it here mg yes fastest uk's fastest growing car brand as we we keep on we keep on joking but
1: yep. but well done to them again exactly andrew you are next yes there has been following research calls for minimum personal safety standards to be implemented and mandated by the government Mm. when it comes to EV charging locations. There's been a survey done where four out of five respondents felt vulnerable when charging their electric car, and almost two-thirds didn't think security measures at charge points are adequate. They're asking for things such as them to be Mm well-lit, to be monitored with CCTV cameras, and emergency contact buttons. And this is all what we're saying or what they're asking for as minimums. Yes.
0: And it all ties in with the, so we talked about this. There's a very similar, uh, very, very similar story a few weeks ago talking about accessibility of charge points. Mm. It all comes under the same umbrella, really.
1: Yeah. it's but People have rushed to install and hadn't th- haven't thought everything all the way through mm-hmm. because the priority has been just get them in.
0: Yeah, yeah, often shop in the corner around the back of petrol stations, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. It's just not good enough. It's not good. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, whatever. Then then it, it's just not not good enough uh, in yeah. those situations. And, and many, by the way, aren't. Many are very good. But remember that for some of these ones that are in poorly sighted, there's a good wording, that are poorly sighted, then it is going to take a little while to change it. But some brands are better than others. I think I think we can all agree
1: that. Sticking with plugs. We've had a government has changed their mind it appears oh really uk government changing its mind
0: that's unheard of uk government killed off the plug-in car grant earlier on this year uh, but it's now extended it if you made an order place from the 14th of june 2021 to the 31st of march 2023 then you'll still receive a a plug-in car grant of up to 1500 pounds
1: as long as you go through a dealer
0: Yes. However, it will now apply to car orders placed by dealers. Uh, I, so the way we understand this, and I'm sure someone will chime in if we've, if we've got this wrong.
1: Yeah, please do. Cause we are a bit scratching our heads at this one. Please.
0: Yes. Uh, is that it has to go via a, a franchise dealer. So that probably means that if you are ordering on a lease setup or company cars may not qualify for it. Yeah. That, that's what we think it is. Or if you are buying via some form of third party uh, like that, leasing yeah. via some form of third party, uh, then it may not go that way. But I'm sure that, you know, many of these car buying sites that then divert you to a dealer to buy new. There's one car, buying site which is famous for its drag races because that's really important in these situations <laughs> then it you know that that sort of site which then as i say points you towards a dealer compares prices but then points you towards a dealer uh, mm-hmm. may well would still count but i'm not sure about some of the other online styley yeah i don't know
1: yeah but it's good to see that one the industry kept shouting uh you have seen the lead times have you not and the problems we've got and eventually somebody in a government office somewhere listened and went, actually, that's quite reasonable.
0: Eventually, someone in the government office somewhere went out to look to buy a car and went, oh, hang on, this is a problem.
1: <laughs> right, I'm going to move on, but sticking sticking with plugs yet again. And this is the news that Citroen is going to launch a reward scheme for their FEV drivers. This is all to encourage them to use the FEV as intended. Hmm. As in, charge your battery and use as much of the electricnessness of it as possible, please, in the appropriate areas, i.e., really urban and heavily built up areas. Mm-hmm. It's going to be similar to BMW that we've talked about before.
0: Yeah. And it's going to pop up with notifications reminding people that the vehicles, well, the C5X and C5 Aircross, uh, if they haven't been charged after five days or 10 trips, to encourage people to take action. Uh, let's just see. You know, some people are like they drive around with the check engine light on for months and months and months. So we'll see how that goes. The next step on from that is a supermarket store card type setup where you'll be able to gather points for charging your vehicles.
1: Well, that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. We, we're waiting to find out further details because the Citroen hasn't revealed those, and it's expected to be launched next year.
0: Can you imagine it? You know it'll be like whenever you got points for fuel and stuff at fuel stations. Uh, so there'll be some company car driver somewhere going around gathering up all the points, and at the end of the doing ridiculous mileages, and at the end of the year he'll claim a claim an AMI or something.
1: <laughs> right. Talking of ridiculousness, do you want to take us to the Volkswagen Group?
0: <laughs> well, despite our doom and gloom and much mocking <laughs> and much mocking and and claims of just a piece of paper, Volkswagen and its constituent brands are preparing for stock market listings as a training exercise uh, according to uh, CEO Oliver Bloomer in the Handelsblatt newspaper they are looking at and trialing and and uh, doing simulations on some of the other brands within the Volkswagen portfolio which could be interesting these are sort of running through working out how they're going to they would do it running computer simulations and We were discussing this before the show, and we think our bet is on Audi next Mm. in its entirety, because that would have such a wide appeal, I guess. It is a relative premium brand, uh, but it also includes Lamborghini, Bentley. Assuming the current structure is, is still adhered to, it also includes Lamborghini, Bentley, and Ducati. So it has a very wide appeal. Yeah. As a brand. And it's sold globally, et cetera, et cetera, which is things which sort of hold back sort of Skoda and Seat and and Cupra. So yeah, obviously, O.D. Mace is the next logical source. So supposedly, according to the trading, et cetera, Porsche is already worth almost as much as Volkswagen.
1: Always makes me chuckle when you re- read these things.
0: Yes, it's just all...
1: It's, it's all on paper. Uh-huh.
0: uh-huh.
1: It's, made, it's made up numbers. But one of, one of the things that also made me chuckle in this Reuters article it's linked to in the show notes, is that there is a quote from an automotive expert. And he said, done wisely, it could add significant value and improve competitiveness of the group and brands. But I'm at a loss to understand how it would improve the competitiveness if they're on the stock market, because it's all about growth at that point. That's not competitiveness though.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. You're competing against, you're competing for, you know, the the I not We were doing evaluation that evaluation anyway? on the <laughs> shares with all the, with all the other German car brands as a list. Of, I don't know. It's all, it's all rubbish to me, to be honest. Yep. I've tr- I have trouble with those ones. Mm-hmm. Financial services. Oh, so dull. Meanwhile, back in the world of manufacturing, Nissan, Nissan Motor is trying to persuade its partner. Frenemy, Renault. Fellow member of the
1: Rebel Alliance.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. The alliance is crumbling. It, it, they're basically trying to say, look, would you sell us, please? Yes. This all dates right back to the whole hosting of golden type stuff. Yes. Where, where Nissan really has, has, has had enough of being 43% owned by Renault, and it wants uh, it would like Renault to wind back its state to about 15%, which matches the percentage that Nissan owns in Renault.
1: mm But this is happening as negotiations are ongoing about Renault asking Nissan to invest in their electrification unit that Mm. they're setting up. It's a good time to (laughs) – there's going to be some hard-nosed conversations going on, that's for sure. Because as you say, Nissan has wanted to remove this foreign investment for a long, long time. And it is
0: literally foreign investment because, of course, the majority of the key stakeholders in Renault is the French government. Yep, It makes them unhappy.
1: I wonder how much Renault will give back because they're not going to go down to 15%. I'll be amazed if they go down to 15%.
0: Me too. I I think there might be after some of the things that have gone on over the last couple of years, there may be a little bit of corporate two fingers in this.
1: Mm. Unless Nissan can give some really, really good reason. Well, Renault want cash off them. Yeah, true. It depends on how much Renault need the investment of Nissan.
0: Exactly, and I'm trying to think about that one at the minute, but I don't. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, it it, it does. Right at the minute, it depends. It depends on upcoming model plans, all sorts of things. Uh, not all of which, uh, funnily enough, we at the motoring podcast are privy to. No, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, Andrew trucks.
1: Yes, Volvo. And they are going to supply Amazon with 20 heavy-duty electric trucks in Germany. Now, this is just the start of what's happening, and this comes off the back of the recent announcement of Volvo producing the FH, FM, and FMX DAB radio stations. Sorry, I mean electric trucks. And they are going to help out, uh, and I think it's – as with all these steps, it's a trial as well for the company – who is purchasing the vehicles because the range they're expecting is around 186 miles if we're talking about the fh the volvo fh Mm -hmm. Uh, but volvo say that during a normal working day with time restrictions for drivers and all the rest of it you should be able to do 311 miles as long as you top up charge and you're able to get hold of the charges of around about the 250 kilowatt ones. Yep. So that will be obviously the heavy duty commercial vehicle charges more than.
0: But the thing is that if if they, they they play this right and they put in a bit of infrastructure, they should be able to charge whilst, whilst loading and unloading. Although I suppose you'd drop in this situation, you'd drop the trailer, wouldn't you? Mm.
1: Yeah, it does bring up the possible issue of your fleets need to be slightly bigger to compensate for. At at the minute, charging times.
0: Not necessarily, Andrew, because the thing about truck driving is that obviously it's quite heavily regulated. Mm -hmm. You have to take breaks. Unlike car drivers who go, oh, well, I managed to drive 800 miles on a single bladder and I didn't stop. Why would I want to (laughs) do this on a, you know, on a battery electric vehicle where I have to stop every 300 miles? Goodness me, it's terrible. That truck drivers do actually have to take you know, you have 45 minutes after three and a half hours, etc. So there are pause times in there. Obviously, mm. the places that stop, if that's the case, uh, then would need some sort of charging. If you're running depot to depot, as I'm sure these would be, yeah. then you'll be in a position where you can you can charge and people can take their breaks at the depots.
1: That would be the sensible option.
0: That will be the ideal setup in this case. Yep.
1: Obviously, longer journeys, hydrogen. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's not go too much there. Right. Do you want to take us to the advertising standards agency and blow me down with this story? Yes. So, So there's
0: an advert for the Toyota CHR at the minute. And it is a man and a lady. And one, the man is making sensible decisions. The lady is is not necessarily making sensible decisions in a comedic manner
1: in an obviously comedic manner <laughs>
0: obviously comedic manner yes uh, however uh, some people or a, a person the complainant that tells me one person uh, complained to the advertising standards authority that this perpetuated harmful gender stereotypes and surprisingly for the advertising standards agency they said no it doesn't yes stop being so silly go away they said that we acknowledged that there were well-established gender stereotypes. Men are more rational and intelligent in certain areas and are more knowledgeable about cars than women. We considered that the part spoken by the woman was absurd and clearly bore no connection to what a hybrid car was. We considered that listeners would understand that the part spoken by the woman therefore presented an individual's comedic, nonsensical idea to contrast the factual messages about the advertised car and did not imply that women were less rational, intelligent and knowledgeable about cars than men. Therefore, we did not consider the ad perpetuating Harmful gender stereotypes include the did not breach the code. Whew, that's unusual for the ESA, but there we are.
1: Yeah, amazing. That takes
0: us to the end of the first part. Uh, yes. this week, uh, which means it's guilt minute. The quick break in the show where we ask for telly financial support to Keep the lights on. And the hosting running. If you feel that the motoring podcast is worth small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise in our spring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. A couple of the new stickers here. I'm wearing one of the, one of the revised hoodies here. Uh, yeah, they're quite nice. Mm. I like these ones. Uh, so, so these are the cut-out funny-shaped ones. I've got uh, a Tea Time Racers one and a, and a Motoring Podcast one. Uh, and there's also a round Motoring Podcast roundel by popular demand. Uh, so you can follow the link uh, insurance to the the spring store if you don't have any spare cash obviously um, we completely understand that then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show whatever your podcast supplier lets you if you've done all of that and some many of you do thank you very very much uh, the last thing you do of course is to recommend us to your
1: friends or colleagues yes thank you everybody who does right WRC news there isn't a rally on but this is quite a biggie. And it is the news that Hyundai have decided they are not going to have Oliver Solberg driving one of their cars next year. He was expected to be there for 2023, even in at least the position of driving the fourth Rally 1 car. But Hyundai have decided that due to decisions made, that they are going to go elsewhere. Uh, And what mm, really uh, is telling is... Uh, that they say um, from Julian Monse, who is the deputy team principal. However, we have seen the benefits of having an experienced and consistent crew at the wheel of our car. This will be our focus for our 2023 lineup.
0: We're going with the old dependables.
1: Yeah. And this brings up quite a number of issues. One is what on earth is going on at Hyundai? Yeah, he's made some mistakes, but you've given him an absolute dog of a car. Mm -hmm. I mean, your other two... Superstars haven't been able to really do brilliantly and nice. And it's taken right till the end of the season for Tanek to suddenly wake up or for the car to be in a position where he can get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nouvelle dragged it to podiums it had no right to be on early to mid season. And then he's fallen away as mistakes have come through. I am worried about Hyundai WRC. Uh, yeah, we've said this for years. I think they're, they have no leader. -hmm. They have no team principle. Mm -hmm. And you've got the two main drivers openly I don't want to say hostile with each other, but they are definitely wanting to go in different directions and Mm -hmm. take the team in different directions. Not only have we got the Dirtfish article that explains what's happened, but there's also an article written by David Evans that's titled Making Sense of Hyundai's Solberg Split. And he actually runs through quite a lot of problems and a potential comeback for Solberg Mm -hmm. as he sees it, but also that with Hyundai doing this, it really emphasizes a WRC issue, which is they just kick out youngsters if they don't happen to
0: magically do stuff,
1: magically be Rovenpera seemingly.
0: Yeah interesting sorry i'm sitting here scrolling through the comments uh on the, the the first article the the solberg and shouldn't i to part ways at the end of 2022 one uh and it, actually, i don't normally read the bottom half of the internet it's just not <laughs> worth it really uh but this is very that's actually some some interesting interesting thought out comments uh being made down there echoing pretty much what you've just said um surprisingly. But it's just quite quite interesting to talk about talks about some of those. So it's actually worth reading the comments. There we go. Mm.
1: Not often I yeah. say that about stuff. Two good articles there. Do click through on the show notes. Um, and it's Japan is the next rally. Solberg isn't racing in that. Sordo takes his place, but he's there for the recce, apparently. Mm. Uh, there's no new new car news this week because... The new new car news seems to be focusing on the Paris Motor Show, so it's teasers and without much detail, so we're not covering, oh, look, here's another Here's another picture of headlights. <laughs>
0: yes, because all that happens, we have to talk about it in a couple of weeks' time. What's next? Lunchtime read. There's an excellent article on overlanding with Chris Scott, the Saharan expert uh, from the Toyota UK magazine, and uh, it's talking about the Sahara and obviously it talks about Land Cruisers, but, yeah, it's, it does some lovely photos, and it's it's really quite interesting. I, well, Yes, I would love to go overlanding in the Sahara.
1: Yep, very good article, that one.
0: Yeah, it's just mostly jealousy that means that I've linked to that one.
1: <laughs> right, I'll take us to the list of the week. And this is from, and I must say this now for when anybody runs through this list, uh, this is from September 2021. So this is an old one. From Anthony Ingram on Haggerty. And it's 11 classic cars that deserve a modern comeback. Mm -hmm. Now, Alan, of all the ones on here, Mm -hmm. is there any that you go yes to quicker than the others? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Oh, you want to know what it is? It
0: is the BMW M1. Okay. I've just always loved the BMW M1. There are only 11. Are you going to take one or not?
1: No, no, I'm not taking any. Not this week. Not this week. I have last week's 47 car. Yes. Listathon. And thank you for those that did chip in and have a, a little comment about estates and stuff. That was interesting. That was an interesting chat. So thank you for that. Right. Do you want to take us to the and finally? Well,
0: and finally this week, in California, a police officer has banned a stock Hyundai Elantra N How do I describe the Elantra? It's bigger than an I-30. It's sort of Mondeo size. It's actually a bit bigger. It's the I-40 that we don't get now. basically is, yes, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, So Elantra N, so it's the N one from the road for a loud exhaust. It is quite a tricky one here because the police officer has demanded, uh, uh, the the type of citation he's given, uh, demands that the owner of the car return it to standard. And so despite many attempts, they're still working on this. Hyundai USA is aware and involved and is working directly with the customer to help resolve the issue, uh, which, you know, it's had to go to the point where, where the dealer has has had to inspect a vehicle and write down and say that the uh, customer states he got stocked for modified exhaust on his stock Elantra N. Authorities gave him a state referee on vehicle that is not modified. There is no way to put this vehicle back to stock form brackets. Vehicle is already stocked. <laughs> <laughs> and the tester has gone through and tested it and gone, no, it's still too loud uh, in, in all the various modes. Uh, Hyundai USA, of course, is pointing out that it's, uh, all its vehicles fully comply with federal regulations are legal for sale and street use in all US states. So this is an ongoing one, thanks to the joys of, uh, the, the, the joys of um, synthesized popping exhausts.
1: Yep. Well, I hope he gets that sorted in his favor. yes i hope so because that does seem unfair
0: well very much so i would be hopping mad to be honest Mm. um all that's left this week is parish notes now this coming weekend
1: we say with due sense of dread and trepidation are, not this, because we think anything is going to go wrong but it's just a very it, big step it for involves
0: us. rss wrangling and rss wrangling is the hardest part of podcasting uh we will be transferring yes. our rss feed to another host over the weekend if you don't know what rss feed it's called really simple so it's shorts for really simple syndication it's a
1: standard it's what keeps podcasting open and free for everyone.
0: Yes, it's a standard that's used. That means that we can share the, the list on the back catalogue and everything in a standardised way. There may be issues over the weekend. We think everything will be okay. We've got our fingers, toes, and everything crossed. But if you do notice anything looking weird over the weekend, one, it might be weird at that moment in time, but also if you do notice stuff late on the weekend over the until the start of next week, do let us know. If stuff starts please, to look yeah. weird on the site or with your players, please give us a shout because we try to check stuff, but we can't check all the combinations of everything. Yep. Uh, if you could let us know, that would be fantastic, he says, hiding under his desk from the barrage of things that might possibly go wrong.
1: It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We are moving to a very professional host.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, I
0: know. I know. That and I, know, I know
1: you know this, but the, and it's just that this is quite a big step for us.
0: Yes, it's scary because it involves basically shutting off everything, uh, yes. which is a bit worrying. Anyway, don't forget that as long as everything keeps working, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback share your thoughts of the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of MotoringPodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, remember, you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. In the meantime, Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: best way to do that is once again via twitter where i'm at ajpbradley b-r-a-d-l-e-y say we'll be back soon but until then i've been alan bradley i've been under clues and safe motoring